it is never too late. Mm. There is no one that can't be saved. There's no relationship that can't be restored. Um, Your past isn't your future in a negative way. listening to the Single Mom Cast. I'm Mel Hyatt and today we have with us Stephanie Zamorano Choate. I love your name, Yay. Stephanie. <laughs> I uh, did not practice it eight times before we started, right? Absolutely not. Yeah. No, first time. Hey, Stephanie is a friend of mine uh, that I get to see at church, but also she works for another local organization that loves on some moms that she might tell you about. Um, and I just can't wait for you to hear her story and what she's done and been through and all of the things. So Stephanie, thanks for being here. Oh, I'm glad to be here. You're welcome. He's so excited <laughs> to tell your <laughs> I mean, story to I'm the world. I'm excited and uh, yeah, <laughs> let's see. All the things. <laughs> Stephanie, let's start with what would you like our audience to know about you? Okay, so uh, yes, I work at Hope House, and which is great. I uh, was raised by a single mom, so I my dad wasn't in my life really at all. Okay. I mean, maybe a little. So that obviously affected um, different things that you know affected my life, obviously yeah. in good and not good ways. Yeah. But um, I'm thankful to be able to look back and see some of the things she did and to be able to understand why she did them. Absolutely. What wisdom. Tell us a little bit about Hope House. So Hope House is a transitional living facility and we walk alongside uh, moms that are coming out of homelessness, addiction, incarceration, domestic violence, and we give them a place to call home, their own home where they don't have to worry about where am I sleeping tomorrow night. Um, While they have a place to live, we walk alongside them and help them with daily living skills, such as getting their GED, their license, um, life management skills, making sense of your worth, all kinds of things, and just really get to form a community with them and help them learn what community is. So it's great. I love it. I'm very thankful for it. Well, and as you hear Stephanie's story just unfold today, you will understand why she's the perfect person for that job. Thanks. Tell us, you know, I know a big part of your story revolves around depression, Mm -hmm. and that's something that maybe has felt like a thorn in your side, but I've really seen the Lord use it for great things for his kingdom. So tell us a little bit about your struggle with depression. Well, I um, probably struggle with depression for 20-ish years. Um, I'm free from depression as we speak, which I'm incredibly thankful for. Um, I think I was what some people might call a high-functioning depression person, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, When my kids were younger at home, I would go off really fast or I would sit in the bathroom and cry for hours. Um, I didn't want to take care of myself the way that a mom should take care of herself, which is saying a lot because being a mom is a lot (laughs) taking care of yourself. But when you add depression on top of that, it's just a whole other level. And... um, Yeah, so that was a lot. It made me think of things I didn't want to think of, you know, just not good things. How how do you think during that time when your kids were still home? So your kids are older now. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your kids before I ask this question. Sure. My kids are 30, 28, and 25, and I have three grandchildren that are six, two, and one. So 
Awesome. That's the prize. Being a grandma, a gram is what I am, is oh, definitely the prize. I so, love it. Yes. Well, how did when those kids were still in your home and you were a single mom? During I was time? a single mom a couple of different times, but okay. n- no, not the whole time. Okay. So, yeah. How did the depression, do you, when you can look back now, how do you think that it impacted you as a mom and your kids? I don't know if you wanted to, no. I didn't prepare you for this question. No, that's okay. So. That's okay. It definitely did. Um, obviously, from those on the outside looking in, they would have had no idea. If they did, they'd never let me know that. But, um, you know, I did the things, like all the school things, the activities, church. Um, but at home, I wasn't the healthiest version of myself. So mm-hmm. there would be times where I would say things to them that I shouldn't say. I would react in ways that I shouldn't react or I would disconnect. Um you know, I don't know if they remember it all, but I clearly remember it. Yeah. Um, I would um, just not take care of myself the way that I should. And that trickled down to them, you know, like I might have had higher expectations for them because I wasn't having those expectations for me. So I thought, okay, I can't control myself, but, but I'm I can control, control them. them. <laughs> kind of control them. <laughs> yes. And which obviously didn't work. And so, yes, I went to a training not too long ago, TBRI training. And I remember I texted my kids or called them. I don't remember. And just like, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for some of the things that I said and did. And, you know, we do better when we know better. And, um, you know, I don't live in shame about that. Um, but it didn't happen overnight, not living in shame about that. So, yeah. yeah. How did you, were there practical things that you did not to look back? And I think all moms do this, mm-hmm. but especially when you have something like depression that is circling around. Right. How did you get to a place today where you can say, I'm not living in shame. Sure. Well, whenever, um, you know, back when my kids were younger, I saw um, three or four different counselors, and I'll just say this. They all served a different purpose, but the last counselor that I saw was a Christian, and um, that definitely was the game changer for me. Okay. Um, Without a doubt. And so one of the rhythms that this counselor had me started doing was they were like, hey, you need to get a spot in your house, get a chair, whether, you know, so far, something just for you, your own corner that's just for you, and every morning read the Bible. And I remember, <laughs> I was like, yeah, right. I mean, I seriously right. did think about that. I was like, I'm not going to do that. Like <laughs> Every morning? Every morning. Yeah. I mean, I have three kids. <laughs> right. No, they're going to school. They have to eat and all the things. But I did. I got up okay. early, and I would read the Bible, and I watched this. It's called Creationscapes. It's not on anymore, but... <laughs> It was all this scenery of, like, mountains and rivers and streams, and then it had, like, verses going across it. And I did that, and I continued to read the Bible every morning. So that that is why I'm able to look back. That's why I'm able to look back because I think or I know that God— honored my obedience in doing that. And I was delivered from the depression and I was thankful for the medication I had because I was on several different medications and there was nothing wrong with that. There was, if I didn't have that medication, I probably, yeah, I needed the medication because sometimes that medication, all it does is take the edge off. But if that's what you need, if you can't get out of bed because you can't take the edge off and the medication will do that, then take the medication. Right. You know, don't be ashamed of that. And um, Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I think that's super important. It was so such a big deal. And I took so much medication. I don't mean it, not in a bad way. It was prescribed that if I would run out, 
it was obvious. Okay. Like, I couldn't run out, and I did a couple times, and it was like, whoo, you know, I, it was not good. So um, that's how dependent I was on it. But stepping into reading the Bible every morning, that just transformed things for me, and I was able to get off the medication permanently. And, um, yeah, it was... It, it was almost like a light switch. Wow. Yeah. So you, you, your depression was pretty serious. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had um, thoughts that I shouldn't have. I contemplated suicide, and I was too scared to, like, do it, like, with this sounds graphic. Is that okay? Yes. Like, I, mean, I was too yeah. scared to, like, okay, I can't use a knife. I can't even get a shot, like, at the doctor. So how could I hurt myself with a knife? Um if I was to use a gun, how would I do it? And what if I didn't succeed? So I really thought, I'm seriously, I thought, okay, I could do it in the garage. There's a water hose. I mean, I could figure that out. You can, you know, I don't want to say easy and I don't mean it like that, but that's the only way that I think that I could do it that wouldn't hurt myself. And then I stopped and thought, I'm really thinking about this. Like, this is really in my head. And no one knew. That's what's so yeah. sad. It's like no one knew. I wasn't close enough with any friend to share that with. Mm. I didn't feel comfortable sharing it with a family member. And um, to the my kid's dad, I didn't share that with. And, um, yeah, I just sat there and thought, if I do this, there's a big possibility my kids will find me. Mm. And I... At the time, that is the only reason why I didn't do it. I wanted to do it. I was tired of feeling this, I don't know, just this numb, like, yeah, I have these three beautiful, healthy children, but, I mean, am I, do I have joy? Am I happy? Am I where I want to be? No, I I, I wasn't. And I felt bad for thinking that because I'm like, there's people that can't have kids, you know? And I had a semi-nice life, I think. You know, I had a job. I had a, owned a home. I mean, I had a car. And, I mean, if I wanted to go out to dinner, I could. But I still just didn't feel... And I, is that when you knew it was bigger uh-huh, than yeah. you? What was your breaking point? You said you started, you had many counselors. Yeah. Was there a breaking point where you were like, I don't have friends I can tell? Right. It was... So I saw the counselors that weren't... I saw like two or three counselors before it got to the suicidal thoughts that weren't Christian. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. For me personally, that was a game changer for me. When I, after I had the thoughts of the suicide, I thought, okay, I got to do something. Things in my life were falling apart. You know, my relationships weren't working. And um, that's when I reached out to a Christian counselor. And that was the game changer for me is after I had those suicidal thoughts, I'm like, I got to do something. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to die, you know, I I sure don't want my kids to find me and I want to be a better person than what I was being. And, you know, I sit here and say that now and I'm thinking I'm 53 now and there's still so much stuff that I'm working on, but (laughs) I'm able to look back and think, wow, I don't have the neurotic thoughts that I used to have because it was like a hamster just running spinning like I would grab a hold of this thought and I couldn't let go of it and just very obsessive about stuff and um, it just wasn't healthy just wasn't good and you know unfortunately my kids you know were you know they suffered some of the consequences to that you know and I haven't really you know they knew I struggled with depression but I don't I don't know if they've ever heard all this really so 
Hey. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. I'm not, it's okay. I'm okay with it. Well, I think that it's really inspiring to hear your story because the fact that you, you gave permission to seek this medical help, mm-hmm. but also the big factor was going back to your creator, mm-hmm. right? The one who created you, um, who delivered you from that. And you had to take that to him and give that to him. And you, you probably wouldn't have been able to without the help, For without sure. the counselors and the medication and, and to be able to sit where you are now. And this is why I said you were perfect <laughs> for the moms at Hope House. And I know there's so much more to your story too. Thank you. We'll probably have you come back and we're going to dig into your childhood and stuff like that in front of the whole world. <laughs> oh, that'd Stephanie. be nice. I can't wait. Um, but I, I just think, you know, I, I often think about when I reminisce about all the not so wonderful things I did as a mom. Um, when I think I'm giving my boys really good content for mm-hmm. when they go to counseling. I don't want <laughs> the counselor go. to be bored. <laughs> um, but for your kids to, if they ever get in that spot or they struggle or they know someone that does, you are the hope factor, mm-hmm. Stephanie, for them to say, Thanks. even after they hear the story, that, man, my mom was in a trench mm-hmm. and she dug herself out with scripture and medication and whatever <laughs> else. <laughs> Well, I was just so desperate. Yeah. And I think, um, I know God does that to us. You know, that desperate feeling where I had, I knew that that was my only hope was being in the Bible and praying nonstop because I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I I know this isn't the life that God created for me. I knew that, you know, um, it's, it was incredible. Just the healthier I got, the more I could see things around me that were unhealthy that I had mm. allowed. And so that was empowering too, to be like, it's not okay to allow these things or to be in certain relationships. Um, like, but at the time when you're unhealthy, you don't know. You just think that's just, that's it, that really you think it's you. Like I'm the crazy person. And, right. and hey, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was crazy. I mean, I still have some moments. Ask my kids. I mean, one of them last night was talking to me about boundaries and was kindly telling me <laughs> some of the things that how I say things or shouldn't say. And I'm thankful that she was able to do that. Yes. So, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. For her to be able to come to you. And yeah. mm-hmm. maybe you'll have to share that tidbit of boundary with me after we yeah. get off here to see if um, <laughs> And you, you might have already answered this. I had doubt. I wanted to ask you what was a pivotal turning point in your depression, was it that moment with the scripture? Yes. That was it for you? Yeah. The, why do you think that was, you know, I mean, I want to, because you, there's not a magic in opening the book. I mean, what really was it? You just, you sat down and you dug in and was it? What happened was, you know, whenever I had the suicidal thoughts, then, you know, I started seeing the counselor. He's like, you know, you need to read the Bible every day. So it wasn't instant. That moment was when I knew that I needed to change. Okay. So I started reading and, you know, I started listening to Christian music too. And it was funny because I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> and, um, you know, I was watching the creationscapes. Well, then I would hear somebody say something or I'd hear a song and I'd be like, I know that. I read that. Okay. I, I know that story. Or I, yeah. I heard that verse. Or I would be reading through a book or picking out a card. And I was like this stuff really, <laughs> he is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've had those moments where yes. I'm like, I mean, I really a hundred percent want to believe that you are always real, but sometimes I'm thinking, 
are you? Right. And then he shows up in those moments, right. and I'm so thankful. Yeah. <laughs> and I just had, you know, I was at a church, and um, there were a few good relationships, friendships, and um, they just— they didn't know everything, but they knew some stuff, and they were just there. And mm. you know, a couple of friends that just stayed present. And um, I think just the my obedience to reading the word is when God was like, "I have you. I'm doing this for you." And mm. to for me, it was so obvious. Like, do this, abide in me. You know, come to me, and I'm going to do this for you. And He did. And now, there's been other things in my life that hasn't happened that way, but I know that that time taught me that rhythm, and um, I know some—for me, I still do that. Now, I'm not saying that's for everybody, but I, that's yeah. how I start my day. Yeah. I read in the morning and have my quiet time, but that's for me. That God showed me that, that it was so obvious. He showed me when I don't do that mm. how obvious it is, so I have to keep coming back to that and, you know— the prayer, just the praying nonstop, really prepared me, you know, for stuff with, um, and this could be another podcast sometime with my yeah. son and his addiction. Okay. And just the desperation of having to pray nonstop. I knew when we went through that with my son that that is going to be the only answer mm. is praying nonstop and allowing God to do his work. And, and you knew that because you had uh, tested it. Absolutely. And it was tried and true. I, and I knew. I was one enough. of those people that had everyone praying. I got on every site on the, on the website, <laughs> prayer request, prayer request. I'm not kidding. Yeah. So, cause I know yeah. that prayer works. I, I know that. And, and God's word is true. And so, yeah. Do you think there was something to, in the world that you were living, I'm assuming that the depression created a lot of chaos. Do you think there was also, and you said the word rhythm and I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I think there was something to that as well, just that every morning Stephanie knows that Stephanie will sit in this chair right. mm-hmm. and that that Bible will still be saying the same thing and mm-hmm. it's going to feel the same way. And was there some beauty in that rhythm oh, for, sure. for you as well? Yeah, it it was a constant um, for sure. Like I knew that it was always going to be there. I knew, you know, because when you are going through depression and stuff, um, Everything else seems to be a wreck. Yeah. It's always last minute. I forgot this, or because you're not healthy enough to where you prepare ahead of time. Yeah. I mean, you're just really not. I, I mean, mean, it's preparing ahead of time is hard anyway. Yeah. But when you put <laughs> depression <laughs> on top of it, you know. So I knew that I was going to have that time in the morning. I knew that it was going to be there, and it was so sweet. Like God just meets you there. You know. Talk to the mom right now that is starting to believe that might be something that she should do, but she has no idea where to start. Um, I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago and she said, do I start on page one? And I thought, no. <laughs> and don't. the Bible can be a little goofy like right. that. So where would you direct her? Well, I think there's something powerful about actual holding the Bible. Yeah. I mean, I, I get yourself a good Bible if you can't then ask or, you know, use your phone. Yeah, and if you don't have one, contact us here at Arise, and we will definitely get you one. But I would, I have a basket, like a square basket that has some of my books in, my journals, my Bible, and it sets on a TV tray that I move. Like, I know where I'm going to sit every morning, but if we have company coming, 
I'm like, I'll pick it up and move it, or I'll tell Danny, hey, move this for me or whatever. Yeah. And so I think if you just have, even if it's your kitchen table, you know, if you have, okay, here's my kitchen table, but here's my stack that I'm going to read. I started where I think a lot of people start. I started in Proverbs, yeah. and it did make sense, and it was really comforting because yeah. I'm like, oh, this makes sense. This makes sense. So I started in Proverbs, then I added some Psalms into it, and then I just started different plans and stuff. But yeah. yeah. And there are so many resources out so there. Many. So if you are just absolutely, and you're maybe like, I want to do this today, and I don't have a Bible, um, the Bible app. Literally, you can just oh, push yes. play, mm-hmm. which I appreciate sometimes. And um, I would also say if you really don't know a whole lot about Jesus or you do and you want to get back on that track, I love John. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. just starting. Jesus is already an adult when John picks uh-huh. up. And uh, John gives some fun details. And for me to focus on Jesus and not myself sometimes mm-hmm. is so helpful. Yeah. Um, and to just see That's the messiness good. of mm-hmm. all the people around him, even his disciples that yeah. should have known better. Yes. And I'm going, oh, Peter. they Peter. are so annoying and the worst. And then I'm going, <laughs> I'm so annoying and the worst. Um, so I find a lot of comfort and I find myself gravitating to John a lot just when I need to be like, this world is too much. Going back to the 90s, what would Jesus do? <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said that to focus on Jesus and not yourself. That's that is hard when you're in depression because you yeah. are it is on you and that's all you think about. It's like I can't quit crying. You look at yourself in the mirror when you're crying. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but for me that was like so so true, but I I do recall, you know, early, you know, starting to, when I started at church, you know, I'd start serving and stuff, even though I was going through depression, there is something about being able to take the focus off yourself. So I love that, you know, just, you know, stepping into John and just, you know, reading about him. And, and for me, I didn't do that at first. It was a maturity thing, growing more into my relationship with God, where I finally was like, I really want to learn really about who you are, you know, not just what you can do for me, because a lot of times when we're desperate, that is what we want. And that's okay. That's okay. I mean, if that's the space that you're in, like, I need help. I need you to pull me out of this. But once you get out, (laughs) then, you know, you go back and be like, okay, who who are you? You know, I want to learn all I can Yeah, stuff. So yeah. I see you a lot on Sunday mornings. I, I don't want to sound weird. Like I watch <laughs> you. Um, but my first, the first time I heard your name was from my good friend, Katie. Oh. And she was just in the middle of a horrific season. And she kept talking about this Stephanie lady. Oh. Who is she? And Stephanie, you instantly started showing up for her. And I see you at church. There's all types of people gravitate to you, but I see that you have this ministry to women that are really quite desperate for hope. I keep going back to that word, which is right. so funny that now you work at Hope House. You work at Hope House, where <laughs> Hope lives. If you're wondering where Hope lives, it's in Oklahoma City. Um, and is that why? Is all of this why? Is it was it a part of your saving, if you will, not saving to get to heaven, but literally saving your life? Because I cannot tell you, you. There are so many people's stories that have a line back to, well, and then Stephanie said this or Stephanie did this. Uh, Well, thank you for sharing that. I love Katie, by the way. Um, Wow. I don't know. I know that um, I was baptized three years ago. Um, And if you haven't been baptized, be baptized. I mean, I, I don't know why I never did. And 
so I got baptized. And I definitely can see after that, getting baptized, things started to shift a little more. And I just had this desire that for women to know that it is never too late. Mm. There is no one that can't be saved. There's no relationship that can't be restored. Um, Your past isn't your future in a negative way. Um, And so, you know, just seeing moms or women that are in this, I don't want to say desperate, but desperate, like just to be able to give them hope, like it's okay. You know, you're, you're, you're going to make it. I mean, you know, and just to be able to share stuff I've gone through and other people's stories and stuff. So um, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but I think so because <laughs> you know you had kind of mentioned it was good for me to get out and to go to church and to serve, and sometimes it is so foggy. You know, mm-hmm. when we're in the middle of seasons, I often think it's like putting your nose on the mirror, mm-hmm. and you can't really see anything around you. And when you can pull away, so I, I guess I was getting that to because I I really wanted to tell our listeners maybe find a place to serve. Mm-hmm. And I know you've got to rest and you've got to take care of your kids, but getting out and starting a new rhythm and to have something to be proud of. Oh, and sure. we were created mm-hmm. for community and for others. And so to get up and also sometimes when you hear other people's stories, I think it helps because you're thinking, oh, my oh, life for isn't sure. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have, I have some great things to be thankful for. And for me, I've also turned situations that I remember asking God, why would you let this happen to me? And I'll be sitting across from someone sharing some wisdom that I gained through that experience going, oh, this is why, Lord. Mm -hmm. And now I'm at a place where I can go, kind of thank you for letting (laughs) me go through that. (laughs) I mean, if we could have taken another route, but thank you, Lord. Thank you. Because now I can sit across from these people and say, hey, like, this isn't going to defeat you right? or your kids mm-hmm. and your kids are going to be okay. And when you and I can actually say that oh, to yes. people, mm-hmm. they'll be kind of, I'm still, my, I have a little <laughs> one that's still questionable, but <laughs> that's hilarious. We'll close. Um, but I wanted to ask you, is there anything else you would like to say to our listeners? Oh goodness. Well, you know, um, I don't want anyone to think that, um, Oh, I got out of my depression and everything was great. I mean, um, there was a period in my life that ended in divorce and um, I'm sure my depression and my, some of my stuff played into that and just unhealthy relationship all the way around. But there was such a sweet time being alone and um, just hunger for the word. I mean, I would have my time in the morning, but just all the time and just reading God's word and just setting and just, saying, I'm just here. I, I, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm here. And I still say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, um, but I can definitely look back and just see God's hand in all mm-hmm. of it. I mean, even, you know, me coming to Hope House, I, yeah, that's just totally God. I mean, because that is where he wanted me and he just arranged things and it just, so, um, yeah, just have hope. There's you can do it. And, um, man, I'm here. I will talk to you. I will, you know, meet you for coffee. Well, I don't drink coffee, so, but I'll still meet you for coffee. Yeah. I'll drink a, (laughs) I don't know, Coke Zero or hot chocolate, whatever. Something. But, um, yeah. That's good. I, I think that, you know, you get in those situations and 
that's really all we need is a little bit of hope that this isn't sure. forever, mm-hmm. right? When we were talking before, um, you had mentioned a verse in James, James 4, 7, and it says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, mm-hmm. and he will flee from yes. you. And I just want to close with that, moms, that um, whether it's depression or other medical things or your mistakes or something that somebody has done to you, that you might be in a situation where you're saying, I'm not sure what to do. And James tells you there is always an answer and it's submit yourselves to God and and resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that's a promise. So we believe that you deserve hope and that you deserve an answer to all of those things. And we are praying that you have the strength to submit yourself. And we believe that God will always do what he said he will do. So thank you for coming, Stephanie, and sharing hope with us. And thank you, moms, for listening to the Single Mom Cast.